What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Barbershop Talk Podcast. I got my man, man Dave. Yo, what up? <laughs> and Dave is on one today, man. I don't know. Bro must have hit the moon rock or something before he walked in. He's been standing up, walking around. I'm off today, man. Oh, okay. You know, I'm so rested. He got some newfound energy, man. So it's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Also, you know, this we got a guest in the house tonight. We got a lot in common, you know, we dating the same guy, you know. Nah, we got dead girlfriend Jazz, man. So, you know, y'all welcome her to the show. Round of applause. Clap, 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 clap. So, you know, it's been a while since we had some guests. I think it's been at least two months, three months probably. The last time we had some guests was around... February, I think we did like a what you get your girl for Valentine's Day type joint. You don't remember that? I feel like you guys have had a guest since then, though, right? Nah, nah, it's been a while. It's been it's been a good little minute. But Jazz, you know what's going on, man? You know how life been treating you since the last time you was on the show? Oh, you know, it's just just been working like a mad woman. Okay, alright. You know, I used to see Jazz every morning before I leave. Well, we would leave at the same time. But now, either she leaving early or I'm leaving later. I'm leaving earlier. Okay, cool. Dang, you know. Just gotta get the heck out of here, man. <laughs> that work life. Okay, alright. Cool, cool, cool. So, you know, <clears throat> I always have my best ideas when I'm at work. Because, you know, it's our it's our downtime. We real slow right now. We getting ready for graduation. So, I hit Dave and Jazz up. And I was like, yo, you think Jazz would be interested in coming on the show tonight? And Dave was like, I don't know, bro. Let me ask her. So she agreed. And so we're going we're gonna to touch on a few topics that are very specific to jazz tonight. But hopefully you'll hear something or you'll be able to glean something from the conversation. So we're going to hop right into it. Mm-hmm. So my first question for you, Miss Jasmine, yes. is I know, and now all of our listeners are about to know, that you're only child. Yeah. So, I want to kind of ask you, what are some pros and cons of being an only child? And that could be when you were five, six, you know, growing up through the time you left your parents' house. Mm-hmm. And then what are some of those things that you think still kind of help you as you grow into adulthood by being an only child? Or maybe some things that may be like, dang, you know, I'm a little awkward because I was only child. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so yeah that's the first question okay um so for me being an only child i guess the the main pro or it also could be a misconception is that you're spoiled which i'm gonna be honest for me yes i was spoiled i was extremely spoiled and still i mean to this day am i kind of spoiled yes um, but I think it's more so spoiled with love than with... Oh, come on things. now. No, I mean, I mean, now as an adult, it's more spoiled with love. Now, when I was a kid, oh, Dang. yeah, I got whatever I wanted. Now, granted, I was also still kind of held and grounded um, in the sense that I had to get good grades. I had to keep my room clean, all those things that most children have to deal with. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, for Christmas, I looked under the tree. Everything was for me. I didn't have to worry about a brother or a sister complaining that I got more gifts than them or that I got less gifts than them or something like that. I, okay. every, I knew everything under there was going to be for I mean, me. Let me ask you a spoil test right here. If you if you needed it, like you're not really, you didn't absolutely have to have it, but if you, if you needed it because of some way how your checks fell that month, could you call your parents right now and they pay your rent? 
Yes. Oh, you spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's spoiled with love. That's spoiled with love. Yeah. No, that's spoiled with material things. No, and it, it's <laughs> not, nah, but it's also, would I have to pay them? I would have to pay them back, though. Now, would I have to pay them the whole thing back? No. Oh, my daddy okay. would probably be cool with me just giving term? him some you know some back or he'll give me a little spiel about hey baby you know this is what happens in life and you know i mean yeah i am like i said i am spoiled but i mean i think uh, for me it was still important though because my parents still um taught me to be extremely independent so even using that example to this day i don't think if i was struggling and i needed money or something like that they would be the last people i would go to i think a, a con kind of going in this vein of being an only child is that you're the only one to carry on that name, that legacy, mm-hmm. everything. So it all falls on my shoulders. So I, all the pressure of doing well and being successful falls on me. Yeah. It's not like I have another sibling that, you know, could be out doing crack, which would be terrible. But I'm yeah. just saying there's no other sibling for, for them to kind of look to. It all is on me to right, do, right, do right. that. All right, so, so, hold on, that's interesting. I want to touch on something real quick. If you don't mind. No, go ahead. I got some questions too, but go ahead. I want to touch on something. So you said that your parents won't be the first person you ask, like, right? So yes. I've always thought that if you were an only child, you and your parents have like a really close relationship because y'all are so, y'all more tight-knit. And like you said, they don't have any other kids to, to like compare you to or to, or to share their attention with. Mm-hmm. All right, so... So what would your order be if it's not your parents? Um, I think my order would be me try to, the type of person that I am would try to figure it out myself. So if that means I have to sell some things or whatever it is, I'm gonna figure it out myself before I go ask anyone. Um, then from there it would be asking you because I know you got money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hold on, go ahead and mark me off the list because Dave, my first go to too. <laughs> go, go, to David. Ask him for some money. Then you oh, know maybe get a low. I don't know. It's, I, they would be the very, very last people. I would exhaust all options before I go to my parents. You get a bank loan before you ask your parents. <laughs> yeah, Man, that's, that's pretty that's, impressive. Yeah, I, I just I don't want to go to them for anything. I hate asking them for things. You don't want to put no more pressure on them. No, either. no. I mean, for them, you know, it's just taking care of. Yeah, it was I'm only one child, so it's not like they had to worry about taking care of a whole household, which is different. Mm-hmm. But it's still, you know, they wanted to afford me a certain lifestyle and luxury, so it was still, you know, hard work had to be put into it. Yeah. So, so you said something earlier about being the only child, and there's a lot of pressure on you to be successful, and there's nobody to really carry on the family name, mm-hmm. and then that got my wheels to turning. So, when you get married, are you planning to keep? your last name or like how do you plan to incorporate some part of your family's legacy since you're not a male you I mean you could keep the last name uh-huh. but you know what what are your plans about all of that okay so it's interesting that you asked that question because my family dynamics probably it's not weird I mean it's just it's different. So mm. I was actually raised by my mother and my stepfather. Okay. Um, so my stepfather raised me from the time I was two in, until now. That's who I consider to be my daddy. Okay. But I don't have his actual last name. Oh. So I have my biological father's last name. Okay. Okay. So for me, in a way to kind of keep that legacy going, which my biological father is now deceased. Um, but for me, I've always connected with my stepfather. Okay. That's daddy. That's who I go to. That's, that's my person. Right, right, right. Um, so for me... I don't think I would actually like hyphenate my name or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I would find some other way, maybe like if I had a son or something, maybe a way to work his name into. What's his last name or his Brown. first name? His name is Philip Brown. Philip Brown, okay. Philip Brown, Jasmine Brown. 
Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. I, I think But I you like do. your middle name, I thought. Yeah, I do like my middle name. So if I did, it would have to be, I would have to take four names. So it would be like Jasmine, Lenora, Brown, whatever the last name would be. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think that would be a good way to keep it in there. Yeah. Um, And then, like you said, maybe giving your son the middle name Brown or something like that yeah, to kind of keep the family name. legacy going. Yeah. You know, I forgot what culture it is. It may be Indian culture where they take the last name of the grandfather and give that to the boy as the first name. Yeah. So it would be like, my if I was your son, my first name would be Stancil. That way, the name kind of goes the route. Yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, I mean, Brown would be... Uh, different, different name. first name, but yeah. you know, or maybe he use his first name or his middle name or something, yeah. some piece of his name to kind of keep, um, it, to going. keep it going. Okay. I think would be my way of kind of doing that. Um, because like there's no, they don't have any other children, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just you, yeah. All right, so my next question about being an only child now that you're into adulthood, do you find it that you just like being alone because you were an only child, or do you kind of long for like uh not a mate but more of like a friend that you can kind of spend some time with because you were so alone not <laughs> i make you sound like you, <laughs> that you like, like you just bored but no, as, a, as an only child you know if you don't have cousins or neighborhood friends close by you could be in the house just yeah. playing video games and stuff like that all the time so do you find it that you be like dang man you know, I need to go hang out with my girls this weekend because I need that that part of me to be filled up right now. Yeah, I think it's sometimes a little bit of both. So I'm, I'm really comfortable being alone. I don't mm-hmm. mind being alone because mm-hmm. I'm used to it. Um, I did grow up with some cousins in my own age range, so I, I always had that connectivity and I did have some friends in the neighborhood. But at the same time, I'm also really good with my solitude. So it just depends on the mood. Um, there are some days where I feel like I want to go hang out with other people, but there's other days where I could just lock myself in the bedroom, play The Sims all day, mm-hmm. and not to talk to anybody, not to deal with anybody, and I'll be perfectly content with that. Yeah. So I think for me, being an only child taught me how to self-soothe myself mm-hmm. um, and how to entertain myself without having to rely on other people to do so. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So you actually brought this up. I wasn't going to go this direction, but David... As someone who's dating the only child, <laughs> what are your thoughts? You know, you don't have to get too deep. You don't have to get too personal. But have you, I guess the first question is, have you dated the only child before? Or is this your first time dating somebody that's the only child? And what are, I guess, maybe some differences? Maybe, I don't know. Whatever you're comfortable sharing. I have dated the only child before. Is there a lot of similarities or? Between the two personalities? Yeah. Or maybe upbringing or things that you kind of see like a, what do they call that? Actually, like a trend or? It's actually the exact same situation. She was raised by her stepfather as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the only, she was, um, I don't know, we were younger then, so it's, yeah, okay. of, it's more difficult. Yeah. Uh, I think that just being okay, being alone, mm-hmm. or even just she and I, Yeah. I found is really similar. Yeah. Um, but... Other than that, their personalities ain't the same at all. Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, For sure. You know bro. what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah their personality is not the same at all. So, yeah. that's really the only similarity I can see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's kind of the social awkwardness. And <laughs> that's the... It, it, it's kind of overblown, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, is she not, like, 
on a spectrum as far as yeah. like, she got Asperger's or something yeah. like that. Right. You know I mean? She's not going to be able to pick up on social cues or nothing yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, that will. part is just a, a myth. Yeah, she, it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. Yeah. Now, she kind of corny. Yeah. You know what I mean? But she I mean, but she, she didn't have nobody to test her media <laughs> on. You know, she, it wasn't a crowd. So all her, all her content <laughs> is, you know. Joe Bazooka jokes. And yeah, stuff. right, right, right. It's like talking to the wall. Hey, that was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> Your corniness, that's all. I mean, oh, but that's, that's fine. We all yeah. have our quirks. You just, yeah. you, you admit that you got some corny jokes. Okay, I'm, I'm corny. Yeah. yeah. They're corny too, though. Yeah, no. And I he had a similar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, didn't, I mean, I think for me, um, being an only child is is weird. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's, you you do have to figure out your own social, like, life. Yeah. You don't have, you don't, you're not able to really get those skills sometimes from, like, in the household. I mean, you, you can see your parents interacting, but they're yeah. adults. They're having different conversations. That's right. You don't have a sibling your age or close to your age to kind of help you with those things. So you're just kind of figuring out yourself. So a lot of my ways of developing my social skills as the only child was playing with Barbie dolls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah. That all makes sense. Yeah. You like Susie from the Rugrats. Okay. okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So... You know, we got a, a couple more minutes here. I wanted to kind of to kind of shift gears. So, for people that don't know, Jazz works in a in a predominantly male profession, and I guess you've been doing this type of work for like five years now, huh? Um, in a certain form, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a before I worked in like a more office environment where there were more. You know, it's more mixed men and women, but mm. now I work in a more warehouse environment where it's majority, 90% male. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I want to kind of ask, some: what are some of the challenges and barriers of working in the industry where it seems like you always have to kind of put your foot down or be bossier or be that angry black woman? Because if you don't do that, then someone may or may not respect you and the title and position that you hold. Why are you looking at me like that, David? David got this stupid look on his face. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I want to hear what you guys say. Oh, is it? Was it yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm finished, yeah. Um, so just to give a little background about myself. So I work in a position as a transportation manager. So I manage the transportation for a distribution center or warehouse um, in the area. And like I said, the warehouse is majority males. Um, so you have your general warehouse workers. You have, you know, higher management. Everyone is pretty much in a male role. The only females in the office are in kind of administrative roles. Mm. Um, so for me, it's kind of like, I will say the first day when I walked out on the warehouse floor, all I will say all the guys kind of looked at me. Um, and the biggest thing to kind of adjust to working in this environment is getting used to kind of like cat calls essentially um, at work. Um, so that was kind of a big piece. And then kind of the, to actually answer your question, um, there are times where I feel like I have to be the angry black woman in the office. Not necessarily because of um, 
you know, whatever's happening just for people to actually listen to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and in my role, it's really important for things to kind of go well. And I, I'm not really managing anyone. I'm kind of like in a consultant role, so to speak. Um, but for people to actually understand and hear what I'm saying, there are times where I actually have to put my foot down. Um, and it can come off, unfortunately for women as me being the B word when all I'm trying to do is just make sure that the operation runs smoothly. Right. You're doing your job. Doing my job. Yes. And for some men that can be taken it doesn't get taken well. Doesn't get taken well. Um, I can actually give a specific example. There was a gentleman in my workplace who had done something wrong, had messed something up, and <laughs> I confronted him about it. First, I confronted him via email about it, mm-hmm. and uh, David, why are you shaking your head? Yeah, they went left, man. <laughs> oh, they went <laughs> way left. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Um, confronted him via email about the situation just in the email just kind of laid out you know where the error was you mm-hmm. know gave some examples and, and evidence and um, then we had an actual conversation and like face to face face to face conversation okay. and um, I was very direct yeah. with him um, it, you know laid out where the issue was where I took you know where he could have you know in the future course corrected yeah um, and it got spun into I cussed him out even um, though that's not what did you, happened. Did you use any verbal? No, I didn't. You, uh, no, I didn't use any profanity or anything uh, like that. I didn't raise uh, my voice, but it got spun into that. To excuse me, to where it kind of bubbled up into a whole kind of like situation yeah. in the warehouse. Yeah. So another piece to that. Do you think that it has anything to do with your age as well? Like, not you're not 22, but you're also not 45. So, do you think that on top of being black and being a woman, now it's like, all right, I'm also, you know, I'm seasoned in my career, so to speak, but I'm not uh, a high-level exec, you know? I don't have a corner office, so to speak. Like, do you think that's something that they also take into consideration when they don't listen or... Um, I think it depends on who I'm talking to. So if I'm talking to the guys on the floor, I don't think my age really matters. Okay. Um, but if I'm talking to one of the higher ups or one of the people like in within leadership, I think it does matter. I think they kind of just see me as this young girl who doesn't really know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, I've been in this career. I've been in transportation for all this umpteen years. You've only been doing this for so long. Are you sure you know what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, but with the guys on the floor, they don't really see it. I think for me, I think that may be in my advantage for majority of them is that I can relate to them. Like we can kind of connect. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that kind of helps me for some of the guys in our building is that it's predominantly African-American. Mm-hmm. So for me, we can kind of, like I said, connect on um, an age level, culturally. I can talk to them about pop culture references as well as then we can kind of build some rapport so that when I do talk to them about work-related things, they have some buy-in with me. Um but I will say some of the supervisors, supervisor, there's one supervisor like older than me. I think he does take issue sometimes with me trying to tell him things. Yeah. Or um, they have actually said, you know, we're not on the same level. Whereas, you know, company wide, based on like the way our company is tiered, we are on the same level. Yeah. yeah. So I think it, it depends on who I'm talking to. Yeah. David, young What's David, as, as a significant you. other of someone yeah. in this role, yeah. how to... How do you feel when she come home and say, babe, like, listen, Johnny was tripping at work today, man. I almost had a swing on, bro. Yeah. You know, he, <laughs> he he made something out of nothing, and now yeah. everybody looking at me like I'm just a big, bad wolf. Like, what does that, that do to you? 
Like, I know you're a professional guy, but, yeah. you know, putting your professionals aside, what does that do for you? Obviously, your first reaction is to is to have their back. Mm-hmm. Right? But I do, and she will she will attest to this, I, you know, I try to see their point of view. Yeah. And I will challenge her if I think that they have a legitimate point. You know, because I think sometimes it's just about men come from a good place, but we don't know how to communicate. Yeah. And I think she runs into that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, she had this co-worker that, in my opinion, he like, they're not going to ever get along. Yeah. But he does, every when he needs to, he supports her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she don't like him like that. Yeah. But I think that that's important because, as a guy, we don't, we really got to bang with you, specifically at work, to support you when they're, like, the chips hit the fan. Yeah. You about to go down. Yeah. Then I'm in your corner. That says something about what I think about you. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So, just trying to just trying to let her see it from their point of view uh, and those sorts of things. Um, but, you know, she right just being the sounding board. Yeah. Let her get off her chest. Everybody needs that. Uh, but really, it's just about... I try to be a translator. Yeah. I try to. <laughs> and this is what I was thinking as a male. This is yeah. what he was thinking. Exactly. Like, yeah. with the situation she said, I knew exactly why I went left. Yeah. I, can, I can almost guarantee you, if I go interview him, he going to say, these one, two, three, these are what she did. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly why I went left. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you. You know, it just, there's certain, there's a way that, there's a decorum among men. Yeah, yeah. You know, how we kind of handle ourselves. And, you know, just, again, like I said, though, we don't necessarily communicate that well. They're just yeah. kind of unspoken. Yeah. You know, yeah. some things that we just, you know, how we operate. The one thing, the one difficult thing, if not for me particularly, because I don't really get caught up or I'm not really in a, I don't, there's no, like, trust issues or mm-hmm. whatever. But one thing that I can see potentially for a man, uh, any person in this type of situation that I'm in, is that like so? She get called all times of night and text all kinds of yeah. night, email all times of night, and if you are one of those people that are kind of weak minded and insecure about your relationship, mm-hmm. it would drive you crazy. Yeah, I'm telling you, it will. It will. Who that? Who exactly. calling you? Why are you texting you this it? time of night? Exactly. He don't you know. know he don't know your man right here. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you could be, you could be, your mind could be racing. Yeah. You know, so I would anybody that's gonna work with somebody in corporate America. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. That's, I mean, it could go both ways. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so just just keep that in mind before you jump into something like that. True. I think that's sound advice, Dave. That's real yeah. sound advice. So, you know, I think we'll we'll end right there. I appreciate you coming on, Jazz. Thank you, know, you for having me. Especially at such short notice. Now, I ain't going to tell our podcasters, but I know you got some big things in the works. And so we'll have to have you back on once, you know, that's public knowledge for everybody. And we'll do like a a, a uh, coming out <laughs> not like <laughs> not in that sense yeah. but like a grand opening type yeah. type announcement yeah, and we'll, we'll do it exclusive. yeah we'll do it on the podcast if that's all right with you yes that's awesome all right cool beans man well look y'all know what to do comment like share subscribe do all of those things we on itunes soundcloud leave us that review and we'll catch y'all next week all right y'all. bye everybody